This Three Beards Media podcast may contain mature themes. And if you're not down with that, we got three words for you. Like the podcast. Nailed it. What is up, everybody? Welcome to a new edition of False Starts with Bill Blank and myself, Chris Shipley, with special guest John Bush joining us tonight. We are broadcasting from Bill's brand new bar. <laughs> so uh, we are testing out the equipment, see how it sounds. So welcome, everybody. Bill, John, how are you guys doing? I'm good. I'm very good. And, well, uh, I'm just turning off my green screen right now. And I'm thinking, oh, wait, that's not supposed to be good. <laughs> You can tell we're real professionals around here. Dan McCartney uh, called, right. called me and Tim professionals. I don't know about me and Bill and <laughs> joins us. So, uh, again, episode 18, sponsored by Rebelton Distilling Company. Um, I gave a brief introduction, John. Uh, but, Bill, why don't you tell who uh, John is and, and bring him on the show? Well, yeah, John's, uh, John's a fellow comic, um, uh, a friend for at least, God, it's been almost. 20 years at this point. Yeah. Yeah. Close. Right. Well, uh, yeah, we met, I, I'd say we met around when I was about 25 ish. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, we've been friends for 20 plus years at this point. Um, you know, John was a mentor early on, just became a really close friend. And, uh, we've actually been on the road together and talked about our mental health pretty openly with each other many different times. So, uh, kind of a natural fit to have John on. Some of you might have saw him in Triple Espresso. Um, okay. If you that's, guys that's that what you're we're trying to figure out. And that's, that's where I know it from. Yeah. Bobby Bean. Yes. Yes. My wife yeah. and I went to that a couple of years ago. So there you go. That was pre COVID. That was pre COVID. Or the giant the blue guy. The blue guy. Uh so yeah. Um Bush, do you want to um maybe give a little background? To, to our audience about about you who you where you came from well i mean, well, I mean I, you know what what you know what got you to this point in your life well it got me to this point i did that play i was i was i left new york i was living in the new york comedy scene in the late 90s and i just got um i now look back and realize oh i was like i i it was too expensive to live there that was the main thing but then also there was this play that came along and i just it was a big yes and a sea of no's because an audition would get no I'm like, you guys are wrong. You're fucking hilarious. So, uh, <laughs> so I went and did this play that was good steady money, and it brought me eventually to uh, toured all over and internationally, and it, and it came to Des Moines. And then I, uh, it was a six week run, you know, turned a year and four months. Met my wife. This is 2002. Met my wife and uh, said, well, maybe I can do it from here and stay here and afford my life. And so that, so I do corporates and some comedy clubs, but really corporates. And uh, and I love my life here in Des Moines. Well, it's a, it's a nice city to live in. It's certainly so that, cheaper, certainly cheaper than where you were before. Oh, <laughs> I went back to New York in 2015 to do Gotham Comedy Live, and and I was like, oh my god, how did I ever? Now it's gotten more expensive. But I was like, how did I ever even begin to do this? Well, it was beg, borrowing, and stealing is what it was, and I didn't want to live that life anymore. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Borrowing money, I was never going to pay back, and you know. Yeah, constant. Just yeah. Yeah. you know, I think about. I mean. I wouldn't have been able to build this bar if I lived anywhere else. 
Right. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> right. No, right. You know, I mean, I couldn't. I mean, you might be able to live in just the bar. Just the bar. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'd have to have a futon over there that mm -hmm. fold it out. But I'd have all my TVs. Yeah, that's all you need. That's all you need. Yeah. No, I'm pretty happy with it. It's, uh, you know, everybody comes over on Sundays and we watch all the football. I like that it's cozy, too. That's yeah. Cool. It's not too big. It's, it's yeah, it's my, uh, it, it's my three-season porch. So it's separate from the house. It comes off of the, like, this wall over here is the back of the house, actually. Um, and so this is, like, its own room, little space heater will heat it up. You know, there's no, like. In the, in, you don't have to build any vents to it. No, in the summertime, I'll just open the door yeah. to the house and yeah. probably be enough. I don't know. Yeah. We'll see. But yeah. So thank you guys for coming. And, you know, and I'm having uh, a little Revelton, our sponsor. Shout out to Revelton. That's Shout right. out to Revelton. I got some nice of the, uh, the, the Revelton uh, whiskey and cream liqueur. How did we get a hold of Revelton to do on. this? Do you know somebody at the place? So I grew up with uh, Rob and Chris, the owners. Rob and Chris, I went to high school with them. Uh, they, uh, Rob, <laughs> Rob always jokes and likes to say he was a state representative here. So he's the uh, epitome of truth that politics will drive you to drink. Yeah. So they decided to open up a distillery. They went on a Kentucky bourbon trail wow. uh, tour and fell in love with it and bought a place down at Osceola and, and turned around. They opened two months before COVID. So that was the perfect time to open up a distillery. So, cause everybody, you know, you'd stay home, you go, you can do is drink. So yeah, that was wow. But uh, when Tim and Aaron and I opened up and, and started doing three beers media, um, Robin told me a couple months before, he's like, listen, if you go out on your own, let me know. Cause we'll support you. And they've been our partner ever since. So That's exciting. Yeah. And have you ever been able to record one of these at, at Revelton? So Tim and I did uh, one uh, for Old Man Strength uh, when we were with the other group uh, in 2021, late 2021. We did one over there, down there, and uh, it was fun. But actually, uh, Three Beards Media is going to put on a big uh, multi-podcast December 9th down there. So we're going to have everybody from the pods down there. We'll do a 10, 15-minute segment. Uh, we're going to raise the money for the Young Women's Resource Center down there. So uh, December 9th, we're going to launch some details here in a couple in a couple of days. So I was thinking about the uh, pandemic, talking about pandemic, and like how, how I look back on it. I'm now um, multiple income income stream guy. Yeah, and and that happened really because it forced my hand in the pandemic in, and I'm really glad. I and mean, I'm not I'm not saying it was good, you know, whatever. It's pandemic, good or bad or whatever. But you know, a lot of for, made a lot of changes in people's lives, positive for negative. <laughs> But there were a lot of really interesting um, things like that came out of it that, that are now just part of life. You know, the amount of food delivery, all these things. Right. Yeah. You know, multiple income stream guy is also a guy I always kind of wanted to be. Me too. But I had so much of my identity wrapped up in stand up mm -hmm. that everything that I did outside of stand up felt like I was failing. Like a lot, of, I. I feel like I struggled a lot financially and, you know, it's affected relationships obviously and all that, but I, I feel like I struggled more than I needed to financially just purely because I didn't want to do anything. I, I wanted to be able to say I didn't do anything else. Right. right. You know? And I remember that bill and I remember that bill because in New York, I dated a girl named Mar Marta and she was like, she said to me when she, she just changed everything for me. Yeah, she goes, 
to change my perspective. And you know, so the two 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 things change my perspective. This on is that. the Clark Kent story, right? Yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, so so what it is is as I had a temp during the day, and she goes, "Yeah, that's your Clark Clark Kent to your nightly Superman when you're a comedian on stage." Yeah, that's how you do that. You do that. Both feed each other. That's right. how you do it. Sure. And there was the second thing was that was at an audition that I couldn't go to because my temp job was the guy signing in all my buddies and in the comedian world who I, I would have gone to the audition. Okay. My job was to sign them into the audition and none of them even blinked. They came and go, hey Bush, what are you Chris Maloney at the time was just starting oh, yeah. law and order. He was up for what and he, hey John, and I, I knew Chris Maloney a little bit because a little bit of the stand-up world kind of touched some of the stuff he did. But I mean all these people that I was like didn't want them to see me temping and all all they did was go, hey man, what's going on? Yeah. It was like I realized, oh nobody has time to give a shit. And nobody right. gives a shit. And yeah. everybody and knows half of in the same boat as you mean. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. No, I mean that's um I remember having that conversation with you back then, and you I remember you telling me that, Clark. And you know, it helped at the time. Yeah. And then, you know, here comes COVID, here comes all these life changes, and I'm going through basically an identity crisis. Sure. And you know, since then, uh, basically, it, it you know forced my hand too. I wanted to keep my house after my divorce. You know, so I ended up having to do a lot of things. Um, three years later, I'm really glad it all happened. Yeah, you made good money in that day job. Yeah, and it's Killer. all just it's all you know, it's all mine. Like, yeah, you can yeah. be built like, like on your terms. Dude. Yes, right. 100%. You get to be on your terms. 100%. And it that, and also, I, but I also think I had to be that other guy for a long time yeah. in order to feel like I earned this. Yeah, sure. Like I earned the right, because, you know, early in my career, I would have been angry at at people who were clogging up the market, so to speak. But I don't feel like I'm a guy that's doing that when I work because you mean people not fully committing to right, yeah, right, people that aren't fully committed. It's like, well, I was fully committed for 20 plus years, mm -hmm. so yeah. I can, I can take a step back and do what I want. You know, you know, it's funny you guys are talking about how COVID uh, affected you guys and how it's changed your life, and you feel like you're probably in a better yeah. spot. I'm in the exact opposite. <laughs> Uh, I'll, be, I'll be right. I'm sorry. I don't mean to keep going, but my computer is going to die. I have to we talked about yeah. that. Uh, Let me know what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah. So we, we talked a little bit about this before and, uh, 2020, I was, I was in a job that I absolutely loved. Uh, I had great friends. I was working out. Everything was, and my life isn't bad now. I don't want it to come off that way, but since I've been We just lost Will's mic, so I'm going to turn mine on real quick here. Because um, the computer died. That's what happens. So you uh, to turn it on? Uh, yep, my mic is oh. off. So, yep. So, um, and we'll just double check here because we're professional around here. Yes, it's working. All right, there we go. So, um, so really what happened was I, I was telling Bill before we started recording, I said I went and saw my therapist the other day because I've been going to see a therapist. I've just been kind of sad. I don't feel like... Uh, I've gained a ton of weight. I mean, in the middle of two, 
in the middle of 2020, I was probably down to 250 pounds. I felt great. And uh, as I was telling Bill, I said, um, uh, I just, like, there was a guy six years ago when I got cancer that wasn't going to let anything beat me. Uh, I'll be damned if it was going to win. I accomplished everything that I wanted to do. And then this last 11 months, I'm not sure where that guy is at. Right now, that's you do? Yeah, yeah. I, I'm not sure where he's at. I know he's possible, but I, you know, I lost a job in January, and that completely destroyed any confidence I had. Yeah. And then, you know, just this, this weight and everything else, I just, and I told my therapist, I said, the guy that, that saved me during cancer, I'm not sure where that fucking guy is at right now. I'm just not. Well, and then maybe, uh, so I'm all, I mean, I'm just freeballing here. Free, I'm freeballing. Freeballing. Okay, well, is, uh, we're on the wrong podcast. Is it that that, uh, it, it seek not that because that dude was back then and it's a new version of that dude that is in the future? Or, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Like, um, He's evolved. I just need, okay, to find, just, right. I need to find that internal fire that lit mm-hmm. that that spark. And I think yeah. I found it because I, as I was telling Bill, I left that therapist mm-hmm. and he told me, he said, well, two things. My wife asked me uh, a couple of days before, she said, when do you feel like you felt the best physically and mentally? Mm-hmm. And I said, probably when I was holding myself accountable, going to the gym every day. And I was eating right, and I at least felt good. So when I went to saw a therapist, he we were talking about things, and he said, you know, maybe what you need to do is just pick one thing. Pick one thing to hold yourself accountable for every two weeks or every week or whatever. And I left um, I left him. And I drove right over to my therapist's office. And that was it. So... That's really cool. So, wait, wait, did we get this book back going? Uh, we're going to check right now. Yeah, we, we're good. I, I, uh, he turned, he turned yours off. Yeah. So oh, gotcha. Back. Good. Okay. I was going to say we lost yeah. it. Good. Um, you know, there's a, there's a song right Sorry, There's a song right now that you should listen to. Yeah. Um, we don't have, we can do it on the podcast. Um, semi sonic of closing time. They have a new song. <laughs> they have a new song out called "Little Bit of Sun," and it's so good because it's Dan Wilson explaining the writing of it. He goes, "Oh, I love the song Tom Petty song." He goes, "We yeah. want to do a Tom Petty song," and he goes, "You know, I don't." He goes, "Little Bit of Sun is this. I don't need a lot of hope. I just want a little hope. Can you give me a little hope. Yeah. I don't. I, I don't want. I don't need all the good news in the world. Can you just give me a little good news. Can, right. you, can you tell me today we made a little bit of the progress?" Yeah. You know what I mean? You should listen to that. And I that's that's perfect. Fantastic song. I, I was sitting there last Thursday be, before I went to, to actually meet with the therapist mm-hmm. or with uh, with the nutritionist. And I, I remember I was gonna write out a post and I remember just thinking, I just need a win right now. I just, yeah, you just I need, need a win. win. Hey, can I get a call here? I don't want to screw so, sure. right here. here you go. Thank you. Yep. So and and so then he goes to the can- Iowa State Kansas game. And then I went to Iowa State Kansas. Yeah. That was a cyber storm last night. Yeah. And it's and it's especially tough, especially tough headed into winter with this kind of another league be Debbie Downer. But going into winter with any kind of sadness, you know, I was thinking the other day 
well, this is why this is why I feel like Satan's makes me crazy. Yeah, it's because I believe humans are, are are we have the gear on us, generally speaking, to deal with the winter blues. Some better than others. Yeah. Right? But fast forwarding a little bit in November does not help. And I believe that I, I don't I, I think there's has been some science that says that exacerbates people who already will have seasonal affective disorder. We I we had a I had a conversation with Caitlin the other night and she was talking about wanting to I, I jokingly said if you're putting your Christmas tree up before Thanksgiving, you're a fucking Nazi. And she's like, Hello, my seasonal depression. If it makes me happy and it means I get eight weeks of happiness mm. instead of four, yeah. I'll put my fucking yeah. Christmas tree up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I yeah. You fucking Nazi. <laughs> That's right. Well, go ahead, you be happy, you fucking Nazi. That's right. Hitler, Hitler was pretty happy before it all was said and done, wasn't that he? Was, that was probably everything was top. going well for him. Stalin, Mussolini, and uh, some other. Oh, oh Hirohito were playing, you know, poker, and Hitler walks in five minutes late. They all give him a bad look and say, "Oh, so I'm the bad guy now." <laughs> <laughs> uh, I miss that guy. Uh, yeah. Godfrey does great. But yeah. So. Um, is there something though? Okay, so daylight savings time as it relates to seasonal depression. Is that not the same thing as being like, I got to watch my, I got to be careful what I joke about because of that one person? No, what I'm like, talking about is they know that heart attacks. They know that they know that a bunch of health things happen when the same daylight savings happens. It, it, it messes people up. Hmm. I believe, I, and I think I have said a, seen a white paper that talks about how it does exacerbate seasonal blues. Like it makes because people are generally generally speaking, built to handle it mm -hmm. because people living on this planet and have mm -hmm. gone through. The, you know what I mean? Where are we saving the daylight at? Is my question. In the morning, right? In, in the, the morning, morning, right? Morning. I mean, we're just doing it so that it's light. So it really comes down to, like, you don't want kids waiting for the bus in the dark, right. more or less. Or, or farming, it's a farming thing too. Right, but I don't think I don't think the farming thing really matters really anymore. Matter. They can work their own hours. Well, and, and I, I, I'm, <laughs> I mean, and, and I don't know. <laughs> I'm pretty I'm sure, sure they can make their own I'm house. pretty sure the farmer gets to decide when I'm he starts sure his farmers, day. Well, I know they farm and stuff. You got to still feed the cows and all that. Sure. Yeah. With crops. Yeah. You can do your own kind of daylight savings time. Yeah. And by the way, aren't the farmer's kids supposed to be the tough ones? They can't wait for the <laughs> bus in the fucking dark. That's right. Well, it's the little kids, I think. That they're no, I'm just joking. Yeah. But, I mean, that's really all there is, right? So so Bill has had panic attacks. And I've had panic attacks. Yeah. And this is the kind of thing that I talk about with like, what you're going through and what people go through with them. And, again, I'm, I'm not a doctor in any way, shape, or form an expert on mental health. But one thing I think it, it really hurts people is is their inability to go. Even though I've never experienced that, I, I acknowledge that it must be real. Like, yes. I had... A panic attack. A guy named Danny Jacobs before I had a panic attack, right before a show of Triple Espresso, I had a panic attack. He's like, I can't go out there. I can't go out there. And they had to cancel the show because there's no understudies, especially mm -hmm. short notice. And Bill was like, Bill came to me, Bill, another 
Uh, not this bill. Right. Yeah. Not <laughs> bill. I can't believe it. it's like it's like fucking you know get tough and get up. Man up, man. Yeah. You got a job right. to no, do. And I said, well, Bill, and I said, Bill, well, I've never had a panic attack, and you never had a panic attack. So I don't think we. I don't think right. you can. I don't think you can empathize. Right. Yeah. But you can go. You know what? I'm going to trust that you are you not right. Yeah. And when I had one, I was like, oh. Yeah. That is the most debilitating thing I've ever had. It's, when, how old were you when you? I had one because I, it was so funny. I I had done, so triple this breath of the play, we get back to talking about this play, I'd done 3,500 times. And at this point, I had done Des Moines and I had done all this run and it was time to get back to my stand-up and I could kind of feel it. And I remember there was a four-week run in the Twin Cities of it and it was really steady good money. And I was like... It was I was being offered a four week run. I was like, well, I think I can do three, but it was starting to get weird. I was starting to freak out that my mouth was saying the lines and my mind was somewhere else. I started wondering on stage, I would see somebody uh, like a bit of a race or something, and I would I'd think my 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 brain's gonna go, don't say your lines, say look at that blank in the crowd. I would I'd get afraid and bring on a sweat because I thought Tourette's was gonna take over because my mouth was used to this thing. And so then one day break. Second act, we're on stage 100% of the time in this play for two hours. And I went on stage, and often I was I had a full-on panic attack. Hmm. The whole act, I somehow got through it, but it was the scariest thing I've ever had happen in my life. And uh, but but it was it was just you know it was repetition. It was the, the weirdness of doing a show 3,500 times. You know, uh, no or whatever. You cannot that you can't say what it was. Right. Just shit comes out. There's absolutely that's what sucks about it is there's no rhyme or reason for when right. it comes up. Um, I've gotten to where I've dealt with it frequently enough in my life that I, I've always looked at my anxiety as time has gone on as somewhat of a superpower. Um, I don't know if you've ever been around me in a crisis. I don't really think you have any, really. like anything really, but. I've always remained very calm when shit's yeah. hitting the fan. Right. And I I and I think it's because of the anxiety of that. I don't want to say everyday life because I don't experience anxiety every day. I've gone through periods where I, you know, I'd say for a year after my divorce, I I woke up every morning with at least a little bit of anxiety. Right. It took a long time to go away. But um, I think because of that, when something actually major comes on, my focus goes straight to solutions and my mind just goes really quickly through whatever mm -hmm. I, and I think it's because of that. You also told me before that you feel like, um, what use is panicking? Yeah. 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 Well, in a in a crisis, mm -hmm. you know, like, like, um, for example, this would come off as apathy to my ex-wife, um, where maybe there's some stuff financially, you know, that's a little worrisome or a little stressful, right? How are we going to do this? How are we going to do that? I never had any urgency. I never felt any stress over it. Mm -hmm. I just had kind of faith that it would work out. Yeah. And 
I just would, I, I would just focus on solutions and, you know, she would be freaking out. And I would, and I, I would say all the time, like, name me one problem in the history of the world that got solved by freaking out about it. Right. It's never been beneficial to anyone ever. Yep. So, yeah, I mean, I, I'm able to focus like that, but um, I can have a panic attack for absolutely no reason. You know, like uh, somebody could run across the parking lot and it will look weird for two seconds. And all of a sudden my mind starts racing about how weird that looked. And then what do I look weird when I run like that? Mm -hmm. And fucking just all, all of a sudden intense fear sets in that doesn't go away but i've never um the most recent one i had was a few years ago like a full-on anxiety attack where i froze like solid and i was at a bar i'd never had one publicly like that i was in a bar and they all thought i was drunk and gonna puke and they were telling everybody to get me out of there Mm -hmm. and all this shit so i finally had to just say i was having an anxiety attack so they but I couldn't even get those words out of my mouth. I mean, I was dead, dead on frozen. Mm, that's crazy. So, yeah, and and that happened for absolutely no reason. Well, I mean, we talked about that last Thursday. Uh, I was perfectly fine. I mean, I, it, it, there were some things going on, but it wasn't anything more than what I had been dealing with any other day. And it was. I think at some point I was like, you know, I'm just going to write this out. How I'm feeling. I'm just going to write this out. And I wasn't going to post it or anything like that. And I wrote it out and I read it two or three times and I started to tear up and then started crying. And I mean, I was like, I had my head in my hands and I was like, just sobbing. And I finally had to get up away from the table. It was probably five minutes. And I had to get up from the table and just go upstairs and kind of shake myself out of it. But I've never done that before. And I've done it twice now since I went and started talking to a therapist and I think it's more I don't I don't think it's a bad thing I think it's more it's being, probably good it's probably leaving some and, and I'm processing something you know what I mean yeah but did you feel like you were processing things when you started crying or did you think it came out of nowhere did you feel like it came out of nowhere I thought I, I felt like it came out of nowhere but yeah. it wasn't surprised because I had done it a week before now that first time when I was just I was just sitting on the couch on my lunch break and I was watching TV mm-hmm. And I was, you know, again, I was by myself. I, you know, am home all day, you know, with nobody there. Uh, It's, I thrived so much when I was in an office working where I could talk to my coworkers. We bullshit back and forth. I'm working all day, getting all my shit done, but I'm having a good time, you know, or we're joking about this or we're laughing about that. Mm -hmm. And just not having that is really hard. I don't do, I don't do well with too much free time. Oh, I don't have any problem with free time. Like if I didn't have to work, I'd be fine with it. Really? But I'm not too good with too much downtime. But it, it's but you could go find it. You could spend your days having right, your social right. life. But I'm, yeah. I, by me sitting at that desk, working by myself, and not having anybody to even have a conversation yeah. with, and it's been three years, it, and it's really hard. So, and I don't, I don't see an out because my, you know, the job that I have is. Not ever gonna. It's not gonna it's be. Not gonna go back to the office. No, it's a small little company that doesn't have. They don't know, want the overhead. They of don't want the building. overhead, and, and I yeah. and I totally understand it. And we all can do our job without being there. You know what I mean? So, yeah, but uh, I bet you're peeling the onion with the uh, 
with that there. I think yeah. so too. I am too. Yeah, because we've talked about quite a few things. So, and I and I feel better, and I feel like I'm I have a little better relationship with the boys uh, since you know the last couple of weeks, and I'm learning even being on this podcast. Like when you guys talked about empathy and you know how you know what a panic attack have you had one before you know what I mean? Josh, my son, gets really bad anxiety sometimes. And a few years ago, as he got older, I would think to myself, he's going to grow out of that, and he hasn't. And I would find myself going, "Come on, like you're you're 18 years old now. This is enough of this." You know what I mean? Whereas now, you know, we went on vacation earlier this year, and and we went to to Disneyland. And four years ago, I probably would have been upset because he didn't want to go on a bunch of rides. This time I was like, listen, dude, whatever whatever you want to do, if you get upset because you don't want to ride on a ride, nobody's going to make you ride on a ride. It's your vacation, dude. No, it's so interesting. I, I feel like that's like... And, and you just kind of, like I looked at it kind of like what you said. Like, I don't know what having any bad anxiety like that is for. It's part of him. So, mm-hmm. you know. But if you, if you take the step... You know, empathy, and if you take a step in life to kind of go, well, let me try to, like, for instance, my, my, my wife and I've never been parents, but well, there was one day when I saw uh, Brad, my neighbor, and his wife, and their kid, and, and, and Brad's kid was starting to get on a little motorcycle, and he's a motorcycle guy. I was like, oh, man, and it wasn't just cool, the kid's doing what he used to do. I went, oh, it must be like reliving your childhood to see to have your kid, and it must tie you back to the memory of yourself by doing that. I had this moment where I went, oh, that probably is a little bit. I, I got, I, I tried to understand what it's like to be a parent, yeah. and I probably was right. So I said, Brad, is it like you're kind of reliving, not reliving, but remembering when you experienced that? Right. He's like, totally, that's what's cool about it. Yeah. Like, oh. Yeah, I mean, my the first thing I when I found out my son was going to be a boy, the very first thing I thought was I can't wait to play catch with him when he can actually catch the ball that's and throw cool. it back that's to cool. me. Yeah. Like that first time. And I, I was, I mean, that's all I did was play baseball with him. Because, and I know that's like a no brainer, but yeah. I'm yeah. You know, but I could freely associate and go, well, you know, you can link to it. Just yeah. Use yeah. your brain a little bit, you know? Sure. Yeah. But that's a, that's you making a conscious effort to understand something. I don't think that... Which is what we should do. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't think that most people do that. Kind of in general. <laughs> no. Um. Like, you know how when people lose their shit? Like, the, right, the, gotcha, the gotcha culture of watching somebody melt down and filming it? I'm like, so glad on some of my meltdowns oh, yeah. in New York. I'm so glad they didn't have a camera on me because I'd be fucking canceled. I won't get into it. But I've had bad, bad days where I lost my shit. Sure. And this whole thing of, oh, look, somebody's melting. Somebody's, yeah. somebody's falling down. It bothers yeah. me. Yeah. Yeah. It I'm... makes me want to persecute the filmer. The person sure. Who me, you know? Well, what are you getting out of it? Yeah, what's your what are you whacking on to? My, yeah. <laughs> normally, exactly. Why don't you put the fucking phone down and help? Mm-hmm. You thought your first instinct was to film it while there's yeah. more fucking guys suffering? Yeah, like that. No, that's right. not right. Right. Yeah, I don't get that either. I was talking about this. I mean, we've addressed this on here many a times, but I was talking about this with my therapist yesterday. 
how my face looks and how I've, I'm being more. Um, You're, what's boo? My therapist okay. yesterday. Uh, I, um, I'm being more cognizant now of, and you've known me long enough to know this about me, that the slightly annoyed, passionate, uh, and I'm going to kill you all looks the same on my face. <laughs> and um, so if I'm pissed off and I'm passionately, you know, because part of my problem, and I have a friend that's the same way, and it's the way my stepdad was. When I'm pissed, and I'm just, I, I've never lost control of myself physically. Right. I've lost control of my mouth, and I still do sometimes. I've done that. Uh, right. But when I'm spouting off, I say a lot of funny shit. Yeah, yeah. And so, like. We talked about this. Yeah, like, my friends will be laughing while I'm acting like an asshole. Right. And so I, and I get, I take offense to people assuming I don't like that. I don't like getting treated like the guy that looks like a loose cannon because I know I'm not a loose yeah, cannon, yeah. I, but my face looks like I am a loose cannon. How many times have you had to tell somebody I'm not mad, but if you keep asking me, it's going to piss me off. Yeah. I mean, yeah. that has definitely been. Something that's happened yeah. to me in my life for sure. Happened to me quite a bit. There was a couple times I was like, I'm not mad. <laughs> Where Bill, oh, yeah, now. Like Bill was defending Gwen's honor or somebody's honor downtown one night. I don't know if you guys had a physical thing, but I, I would say, I remember saying, Bill, we, we don't live in the old way. Yeah. I would say, Bill, <laughs> the old west, you can't go, you know. You're you can't go insulting people. And it wasn't 10 I believe that was the night that Scott, God rest his soul. He's still with us. Yeah. Scott. You didn't know that Scott died? Recently Scott died? Mm -hmm. Scotty, the, the, the... Bartender, old bartender, funny bone. Oh, no, 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 no. Okay. Wait. So what did, the, the guy who went and owned a, a vintage uh, mm -hmm. stuff store, what did he die of? He just died several weeks ago. Uh, I won't. I'll tell you off the air. Oh, my God. Scott. Mm -hmm. I went to his funeral. Yeah. Um, okay. Um. Anyway, uh, I think it was the night. This is see. This is a good example. Right. Yeah. This is a good example because I did, in a I'll way, I. <laughs> in a way, I did. There's always stuff gets in there. Right. Let's see if you bring a charcuterie board. By the, way, I, by the way, I have a puzzle in my house. It's a chart board. It's a puzzle jigsaw. I'm going to do it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so... <laughs> um, I think it was the night that this guy... I did, in a way, lose control physically this time. Uh... But but it was calculated, so I don't consider it losing control. Right. Scott was a guy that would say funny. He would get really trashed and talk shit and say funny, funny shit, not, not meaning anything by it. But guys would want to fight it. Right. And I would regularly. 
And he was not a strong person. No, he was a skinny. He was, so it was a perfect target. Sure. Like he would say shit that if I would have said it, they wouldn't have done anything. Right. They or okay. said anything. Yep. Right. Yep. And not because I'm big tough guy, just because I don't. He was just an easy target. Right. Right. Yep. And so that would happen kind of on a regular basis. Well, one night we're at Fong's and everybody comes running inside that some dude had this guy outside had slapped him. So I go outside and this guy, and this is why I don't feel like, I I don't feel bad. This guy was like fucking six, 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 seven, right? And he's got another guy with him. And it looked literally like that fucking, and they're both drunk, you know. And it literally looked like that fucking big dog, little dog cartoon, you know. Like the little guy just going, yeah, yeah, you know. So it had that whole vibe to it. And I just like said to the guy, I'm like, did you slap him? And, you know, I'm just like, what the fuck you slapping him for? You're a monster. Right. You know what I mean? Sure. So I'm that's bullying shit. So all my triggers are firing right. right now. And then the little guy goes, Well, did you see him slap him? Well, that just tells me he did. <laughs> so now I know he slapped him. Yeah. So I just fucking <laughs> I just up. I, like I didn't even have to jump to slap him. And I slap him like three fucking times. And I'm just yeah, yeah. And I'm just like. Fight back, bitch, so I fucking kill you. And I'm just like, wow. And I'm just yelling at him. And he's, so they walk through, he, they take, they walk away or whatever. And of course, I'm, you know, yeah, walk away, motherfucker. <laughs> and uh, come to find out he was an off duty cop. So he probably could have killed me if he wanted to right. uh, train you know just the training sure yeah uh and i probably knew he couldn't right because he would have gotten in trouble because he was hammered and sure. out or whatever and his buddies probably were like we probably need to get him out of here just yeah yeah let's get out yeah. and also in the moment though he's not on duty right and yeah. to me okay He's no different than you. He's a bully. That's why he's a fucking cop. Because he's a bully. That's who he is. That's why he slapped him. You know? Right. Fuck you. So, all, this, all those tra- Guys that, they're not used to people not being scared of them. Right. So, as soon as somebody's not scared of them, they have no fucking idea how to handle mm-hmm. it. Yeah. And, and that was, I remember Bush, it's not, it's not the old West. You get it. <laughs> and I just said, uh, I remember I go, yeah, but I was like... Some guys, though, that's the only language they speak. Sure. Like, yes, some guys, true. you just sure. kind of, you can just tell. And at some point, you'll just get to that point in life where you don't end up in those situations anymore. Right. You yeah, know? exactly. You'll never be in that deal. Probably right? not. Yeah. But who knows? I'm an idiot. Like. Some people don't grow out of it. Uh, no. Yeah, I wouldn't even call it a grow. I don't know. I mean. No, that was. Even- I have this. I have this. Massive, like overinflated sense of justice, I think. Yes. Yeah, I agree with that. And so, like, when something's unfair, when the little guy's getting picked on, yeah, like you'll go to that. Yeah. Because I've I've been that guy too. I've been the guy that picked on people. Because like 
And I hate, I hate that about myself that that was ever. So in a way I'm fighting myself when that happens. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm beat. I want to beat up the old me. So like, I want to beat that fucking bully's ass. I think that's part of uh, good growth because like, you know, we have, there's a place I'm uh, every once in a while when this redemption center in Iowa for Kansas models is open. I manage it and I deal with customers. And so I have these kids at work under me Mm -hmm. and they're like kids. I say kids. I mean, they're out of high school. They're not going to college, but they're like, you know, 19 sure sure and um and so i'm always uh almost everything i do i lock the chill up i go to the bathroom right uh, and i was telling somebody one of the kids went well why do you lock the chill and they go well because you asked just now yeah (laughs) (laughs) because i know me when i was you yeah right yeah 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 I'm not. I'm not doing this because I think I'm better than you or no. whatever than you. Yeah. I know what I used to be like. Yeah. So you know what yeah. I mean. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a big, big thing. You know, especially when you when you tell young people something like that, you're not insulting them. You're going, no. Oh yeah. Oh I've my god. I I've my you. my job. One of my jobs. My senior year of high school. I worked at Donut Land, which they just <laughs> oh, they just reopened. <laughs> A donut. They just opened one in Urbandale. It has to be your life. The name of your life story. Donut life. Donut life. Donut My life and times. And I worked. I worked from like five to nine at night. Yeah. And so I threw out all the donuts. the The bakers were coming in for the next day's donuts when I was leaving. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so every night that I worked, uh my friends would stop by and my first job was quick trip so at quick trip you had to learn how to count back change the register didn't tell you what to give them back so i learned how to count back change so my friends would come in and i would give them 20 bucks out of the register and tell them to go out and get a sack of weed and come back and pick me up when i got off work And then I would just say that I threw away more donuts than I did. <laughs> and I knew how much I knew how much everything you figured out the donut to weed ratio. Yeah. And I I do hold on. And I do fucking perfect. And I also knew um how much everything cost. Like I knew every night that I worked, there was this old couple that would come in and they would get like a half a dozen donuts and a thing, a little thermos of coffee thing, and they'd sit there. And it was like the total, I think, was like 265, and they yeah. would give you five bucks. Sure. And there's this regular like 265, 265. And so I would just hit the no sell, I'd hit some bullshit buttons, hit the no sell button, give them their change back, and then let it accumulate. And the jerk would actually be over by the end of the night. <laughs> so I, They'd fucking go get some weed and come back, and they'd always, yeah, we called it uh, Uncle Dave, Dave Donut Land. <laughs> it goes into the yeah, get uh, twenty bucks from Uncle yeah, Dave. The flaw in that whole deal is you didn't keep the donuts too much on late. That's what you don't even. Do you do you think? Do you think I didn't walk out of there with donuts? <laughs> on top of all that, I just said I threw away. I said I threw away more than I did. No, my fucking. If you look at my senior, I could even go find it right now, but it'll take too long. My senior year, my yearbook, my senior yeah. year, our I was in student council and our um our homeroom was 
student council. That's what, so first thing of the first class of the morning every day. Uh, and so in those, in the student council yearbook picture, everybody's got a donut. Because I would just, I would just bring donuts to school the next day. You figured it out, man. You, you know what? You had your hustle. Yeah, kind. I mean, kind of. I. The thing was, with anything like that, you can't, you can't get greedy. Right. Like I didn't oh, get greedy. Right, I just right, kept it. Know, to, you, I just got it. Got far. my sack of weed out yeah, of it. Don't take it too far. Like, and everything yeah. was you good. Bridge too far. You know, it's funny about about knowing. Uh, Knowing yourself, this is one. I'll try to make this story brief. There's a comic who shall remain nameless um, that was that that annoyed everybody when they would work with him out of the scene. He like literally burnt every bridge in this town. I used to bring him on the road with me, and I wouldn't bring him on the road with me anymore because he was just just went too long, was disrespectful, was late, was awful. Yeah. Anyway, and Bill didn't work with this guy a lot too. And we're not saying his name out of respect. Uh, nobody's heard from him for. Five, six, seven, eight years. Okay. Well, one time I was with the new guy I was bringing on the road. It was Tim Shifsky. I was bringing him on the road all the time. He's a little Shifsky. <laughs> yeah. And Tim was in the car with me. And this other comedian had was at the comedy festival. And he had not advanced through the first round. And he knew that I was I was bringing uh, Tim on the road with me. And Tim got a call from this guy. And he's like, oh, hey, man, um, Colleen. Because apparently Tim, Tim, my guy I was working with at the time, had a problem, had some had some kind of little issue with Colleen, who owns the Omaha Funny, but not a big thing. But this comedian got it. I just I was listening to this conversation. Tim's going, "You what? What, dude? No, you shouldn't. What the fuck? No, I I, I can handle my own." Hangs up the phone. Doug said he went up to. Oh fuck it, the Doug. <laughs> <laughs> Doug said. He goes. Doug said. I'll just stop. He said, uh, I went up, I went up to uh, Colleen and I talked to her for you, and everything's fine. And I'm driving, and he said this to me. I go, Oh, he's lying. And he's like, How do you know he's lying? I go, Because Colleen would never talk about anybody's business to him, to him, or anybody else but the person she would talk to. Mm -hmm. That's not who she is at all. That's not who she is. And I also know she has a huge disrespect thing for him. She really doesn't. Really like right. so, and I go. Okay, here's what you're gonna do. You're gonna call me. You're gonna you're gonna uh, get to your hotel room. You're gonna call me and say, "Hey, thank you so much. I owe Colleen a call anyway. I'm gonna call her and thank you, and I'm gonna tell her about your conversation with her. And I'm thank you for that. And I'm gonna let her know that, that thanks for that. Doug took it from here, and I'll take it from there, and we'll be fine. He's gonna lose because <laughs> he's lying to you, right? Okay, so, we, <laughs> so so he goes, okay, okay. So we go to the hotel. All of a sudden, there's a knock at my door. And I open the door, and Tim's really tall. And I look up at Tim and go, and he's like, looking down and going, dude, he's losing his shit. And I go, I know. And he's like, how'd you fucking know? And I go, because I've been that small before where I thought if I pulled somebody down, that would pull me up. Right. Yeah. I've been there. I've been in a bad place in my life where I've been that guy. Yeah, and I knew it. Anyway, yeah, sorry. His name is Doug Johnson. He's a <laughs> but sorry, Doug. That's all right. We're forty-seven minutes in. Nobody's listening. Nobody's listening. Uh, yeah. uh, but I was like, 
fucking, you know, I just know the behavior because I'm not, mm-hmm. not talking shit here. I've been that. I've been that. It's before. also so, such a fake conversation. Right. Like, it's, you can tell the whole tone of it is just, mm-hmm. it reeks of desperation of, hey, I talked to her right. for what? Why? I see. Do you see how I didn't advance in the contest? Also, I want to tell you that Tim Chip, he's a really good person. Yeah. Like, what the fuck? What? No. What? Did, I don't even remember. Yeah. It's so funny because Colleen Quinn is the, the manager of. Manager. I may have heard you talk about her before. She's the best. With other comics, probably. She, yeah. she's, she's famous in the stand-up world. She's a legend. Yeah, she's a legend. Everybody, every comic who's worth a shit loves her. Yeah. Um, I'm sure there's a couple here and there that aren't fans, but it's because she. But that would be rare. Yeah, very rare. And she usually like, be, that's because they call their shit out. Yeah, well, she's she's, she's a ball buster. She is a ball buster. Yeah. Did you know the story. Yes. Go ahead. So I was with Billy Farrell, and, and we were having breakfast in Omaha, and he was MC, and in the middle of breakfast, he goes. Hey, there's a bunch of people uh, who do barrels, fitness, or whatever. They live in Calgary and or whatever. And, like, and, and this is all a workout thing. And he goes, and they want to come see me next time in town. She goes, great. And he goes, but I'd have to, he was MC, but I'd have to feature, you know, because they don't want to see me for just 10 minutes. And she doesn't look up from her plate and she's cutting her bacon. And she goes, yeah, well, maybe we'll have you uh, fucking wash me dishes. <laughs> no, she said, she said, or you can cook the fries. Was it what you did? I don't know. Maybe we'll just have me fucking wash the dishes. <laughs> and Willie kicks me under the table. I'm like, shit. And I'm like, and I, yeah. later, later, Doug comes into my fucking room in that condo. I think I fucked up with Kali. I'm sorry. Are you coming here thinking I'm going to tell you you didn't? <laughs> right. Yeah. What comfort are you seeking? Uh, I I remember just uh, well. I mean, the, I don't want to be the final. Uh, yeah, we don't want to keep on too long. But we're talking about a guy that that threw his own roast, like. It, <laughs> and I wrote, and he had become an Uber driver, and I, I had wrote a joke for Bill. Right? I don't remember. I think it was. It was hey, Doug. Uh, Doug is also an Uber driver. Don't want to get in his car. It takes forever to get there because of, because of all the burnt bridges. That was That's right. You have to go around. Just go around all the burnt bridges. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, oh, this oh, is a good spot. Let's take a break. Uh, we'll get a word from Revelton, and then we'll come back, and we'll, we'll finish up here uh, with John Bush and, and Bill Black. At Revelton Distilling Company, everyone has become a part of the Revelton family. From the Taylors and their daughter who helped perfect their award-winning gins, to the team who installed Lucy, our 33-foot-tall custom-made still, right down to the local farms that provide our coveted corn, and even the cows on those farms who consume our mash byproduct. Want to see the farm to flask come to life? Now you can tour Lucy and find out where we take Iowa's harvest and transform it into our finest spirits. Choose between a 45-minute tour or find out even more by scheduling a VIP behind-the-scenes tour to get the taste of the full Revelton experience. You can visit them at 1400 West Clay Street in Osceola, Iowa, or find all of Revelton's award-winning spirits at any local grocery or spirits retailer. 
All right, this is great. Thank you very much, guys. Uh, again, shout out to Revelton Distilling Company. Make sure you guys go check them out. Pick up their spirits anywhere, IV, Fairway, wherever. And then check out their tasting room down in Osceola. So, John, you were talking to Bill here about uh, some pre-show conversation that you guys had. Why don't we, when we dive into that? Well, okay, so this goes into, like, uh, boy, what a year last year. So it started in December. So in this, uh, in, in October of last year, we lose a cat. We lost a cat, Jaco. And so Jaco's gone. Now there's two cats. So in the, in the house, mm -hmm. my wife and myself, Jaco, Lucian. Jaco was found under a Jaco trailer. Okay. And then there's Lucian. And Lucian's older. And then there's Nina, the dog. Mm -hmm. And in October, we lose Nina. And then my, uh, Jaco. And by the way, when my wife loses the cats, I honestly, I, I, I love the cats. No, I don't. You're indifferent. Indifferent. Yeah. I mean, I liked having them around. They were cool, but but I know there's no morning morning. Morning a cat is different than morning a oh dog. My God. I, don't, just, I don't. Yeah, I didn't yeah, morning. And I was give a shit about you anyways. Well, I was I was <laughs> like I was a cat person. Yeah. I preferred cats before. Yeah. <laughs> I had my own dogs. Yeah. And now I'm way more of a dog person. And like I've lost a dog now and had to put one down, and it was like the worst thing ever. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, I never had a cat. Like a cat almost, it's like the cat crawls under the couch and dies and you can almost just throw it in the garbage. Like, I mean, <laughs> so, so there's the cat. Right? Yeah. We, lose, we lose the cat in October, the first cat. And then, uh, and then my wife's sister had this really aggressive cancer. And, and she's in her 60s and she dies in this, on, on Christmas Day. And then, and then, uh, so, so, so the other cat left is Lucian. Lucian and fucking Nina hate each other. Like I look on TikTok at these goats cuddling with kittens and their dog cuddling with a cow. And I'm like, what? Like in our house? None of this shit. So, so Lucian is fine. Then Nina dies. And Nina died. She was 13. She died. But like it was really, really hard to be incredible dog. We could go into it, but why? But the minute that Nina died, it was like that, that that cat went downhill. It was like there was nothing to hate anymore. That's what <laughs> it was like that hate yeah. was fueling was that fueling cat. that person. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And the cat went downhill and died really, really fast after that. And that was what led to. We were, yeah, we were having that conversation. Right. And that's kind of what led to me having John on. And I was like, you know, that it's, a, it's such an interesting thing because everybody talks about, um, you know, love sustaining. And, and mm -hmm. if you don't have anybody to love, then that's, you know, people, people go downhill quick right. when there's yeah. nobody to love. And it's like, you know, hate is also probably strong enough to keep right. somebody going. Yeah. And that's, it was like that cat. It's, it's hatred for, for the dog kept it alive and there yeah. was no cause therefore like nothing to live for anymore. Right. Yeah. And, and, I guess the way that relates to mental health to me is how we talk about how this isn't a one size fits all thing. And, yeah. and I think that, you know, cause we've gone, everybody goes really hard at this kindness, move on with kindness. And, and, and I get that and that's great, but I think that everybody should do what works for them. And, and you look at things like um, how Michael Jordan made up an enemy. Yeah. To motivate him yeah, so that he would yeah. 
<laughs> for, for winning. What at any given time? Any just time. just like um, so you would find some slight like somebody uh, from they'd be playing the Milwaukee Bucks who fucking suck, and some rookie said that he was excited to guard him. Yes, yeah. oh, and then he's like, "Okay, okay. fuck that fucking right. guy." Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like he had to have a villain always, yeah. mm-hmm. and maybe that's not the healthiest thing in the world, you know, socially or or for most people. But it obviously worked for him, and he's. I think he's probably happy. It's it's right. one of, yeah. it's one of the know? bargains one makes to. It's you know what I mean. We make deals all the time, every day, all the time. What's going to get us to do something? Right. You know? Yeah. Yeah. A kid one time I was going around Gray's Lake and the kid went, Ma, and the little innocent kid was so young, and like maybe the first or second thing they said, Mommy Belly, and looked at me and I was like, oh, that's okay. <laughs> And I got, you know, I had lots of weight after that. And I just kept on going back to the little fucking kid. Yeah, yeah. And but you used it for your benefit. Yes. In yeah. the end, yeah. right? And so I think I I just I just thought it was an interesting thing to really kind of discuss or, or, I can or dive that, into though. just because I, I can relate to that because of what we were talking about earlier when I when I got diagnosed with cancer I, I I look back now and say and tell people that was probably the best life best year of my life because I learned who I was I was a fighter I wasn't a quitter I mm-hmm. you know I you know you're not myself, a fraud now. Right. I willed myself to make sure I went to work every day because I was going to be damned if somebody was going to say this or couldn't do that. Mm-hmm. And that negativity fueled me to get me through. Um, so I totally relate I think that, that there's a lot to that. And, and sometimes you just have to find little nuggets that are going to motivate you, whether it's good things or bad. You know, some people will go, okay, I'm going to go on vacation and 10 months, so I want to lose this amount of money or this amount of pounds, so I can go on vacation and look. Whereas somebody else is like, okay, uh, Caitlin's a perfect example. She got Who's her heart She's my daughter. Okay. So she's my daughter. And she got her heart broke in 2020. And she used that, and man, she, it was her whole, she was like, it's going to be my revenge body. I'm going to show that motherfucker. And she went to Farrell's, won a thousand dollar challenge. There you go. Killed it, you know, because she was just like, you know what? Fuck that guy. That was, mm-hmm. you know, so mm-hmm. things like that. Yeah, no, and that's mm-hmm. that's what I mean. The um, you know, during my divorce, uh, that was something that I was constantly told how I had to, I just do things to prove people wrong, like. Mm-hmm. It's like we, you just have this thing where if somebody tells you you can't do something, you have to show them that you can. And I'm like, that's a negative, right? Like, what, what the fuck? Like, since when is that a bad quality in a person? Yeah. No, you I know? think that's a survival quality. I think that's yeah, a, you know. Um, but then you look at you know, you know, if she stayed with that guy, would she have went and got that body? Right? Would she have bettered herself? Maybe not. No. Maybe she would. No, just... she's a better person now. Yeah. For not have for for going through that. Mm-hmm. It's still funny because I, I told my dad one day I was like I was like dad that was like I remember it's like when this girl broke up with me when I was in my high school and I was just like devastated you know and he got yeah. and my dad always just like tells these stories that I think it's so funny because he was like yeah you know I went out with a girl for a long time she broke up with me and a couple of years later she looked like fucking shit and it was like when in my head is. 
the worst thing a woman can do for her future is break up with John Bush. Yeah. She will go downhill, she'll be a crack whore. <laughs> and, then, and then what happens is every one of them is hot. Yeah. Right. And, I, and I told my dad, he's like, well, did you make you feel better that day? I'm like, yeah. He's like, that's all I can do. That's all I can do. There's a little bit of bullshit that goes on in this game. You know? I remember one of my dad, one of my dad's friends, my dad had some friends that were hilarious. And I was going through it with, I don't even remember who or when or what, but I'm pretty sure it might have been my, my ex-wife, but early on, you know, because I don't recall really giving a shit about anybody else <laughs> in my life but like uh i remember i remember one of his one of his friends saying yeah he's if uh i i always just picture him taking a shit <laughs> she just picks Picture taking a shit, you know, she's not too good for anybody. Yeah, it's like, you know, <laughs> like, there's no more fucking vulnerable position to be in. Yeah, yeah. Do you think anybody's hot while they're taking a shit? Is that even possible? Well, there's like, that, 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 when you know, that Harold and Kumar scene where they yeah. follow the two hot girls in the bathroom, and right? That horrible explosion. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, shit. Uh, I don't know. There's a scene in uh, Fools Rush In when Salma Hayek is on the toilet that she doesn't look too bad. Yeah. Well, the problem with that is that Selma Hayek is the greatest thing that God ever created. <laughs> Selma Hayek is the... You know, starring your perfect. favorite actor, Matthew Perry. Oh, God. <laughs> wait, you... Wait, wait. No, no. I, I, yeah, I, I'm going to get in trouble. Wait, 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 you I'm going to get in trouble for this because of our mental health. No, wait, wait, wait. I know you hate Friends, but you also you just don't like his acting also. Because Matthew Perry in, in West Wing, there's some roles he played in. Yeah, he was freaking amazing. I think that <laughs> I said he I have. I, I understand him. Well, like Bush him. Bush knows about the, Bush knows about this in a way. Schwimmer like, was good in the band. Of oh Brothers. God! Oh God! <laughs> Wasn't Schwimmer good in Band of Brothers? Oh. Uh, no. I don't know about that. Did you see Band of Brothers? I did. I did you him. didn't like him in it? No, I didn't care. Maybe I didn't so, care for his character. Yeah. yeah. Um. He did. Because he was a dick. Well, then he did a good job, yeah, I, guess. I guess. But I have two prerequisites for not being a movie or a show. Okay. One of them is Will Smith, and I that was I that was before movie. the slap. Yeah, me too. Bush I knew about anything with Will Smith. Bush knew really? this about me. Yes. I can't. I can't. Never liked Will Smith Sorry. ever. Either. No, especially when he tried to be funny. It's fucking no, horrible. I know. It's Fresh Prince of Bel Air is horrible. I, I, horrible. I, I didn't watch it. Um. Anyway, I won't. Everything is just too. It's too. He's just corny to me. Yes. Yeah. He's corny. There he's are corny. some performances where and movies were good enough despite him. Like he's not bad yeah. in Legend of Bagger Vance. That's a pretty good movie, and he's not horrible. He's tolerable. Ollie's pretty decent. Ollie's good. Um, but in general, just uh, uh, can't. 
Number two is if it stars a friend's character. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to see the one with Bruce Willis. Uh, that's not, uh, but he was good as a television actor, like the West Wing and whatever. He was in so much. There are some Jennifer Aniston movies that are good despite her. Okay. I feel like, uh, like uh, Derailed is really good. I don't think I've seen that. But she had one that she played this kind of really sad character in a small town that was like, uh, I feel like there was a grocery store she worked at, but it was good. And she's um, <clears throat> office space. Very you know. Yes. Uh, and then. I don't consider her a big character in that, though. But the only, yeah, uh, to me, the only uh, actor from that cast that I will watch in anything else at any given time is Lisa Kudrow. I feel like she's actually the actual, she's actually talented. She's pretty amazing. Um, Everybody else makes my fucking skin crawl. Okay, so let me ask you this. Now we're going off on a tangent. Are you aware of the theory that Friends is a complete ripoff of Living single, which had Queen Latifah. for white people. Yes. Uh huh. I mean, I buy. I would buy it. You would only I've take seen, you to tell me that for two seconds, and I believe it just because I hate it so I've much. I've seen some videos of the cast and living single talking about episodes that they had in their show years before, that and were total exact replicas. Yeah, yeah. And they were exact replicas that Friends did of the exact. I'm gonna have you know. I'm actually pretty decent friends with John Hinton. Oh yeah. So. I I could ask him yes. how he feels about that. Yeah. Um. Knowing him, I think that he would probably just look at me and be like, "Man, like he's just he's kind of that guy. He's such a nice guy." But I know that if you put Dark Side of the Moon on, start at the same time as the Lion Roar, Second for, Lion uh, Roar for a uh, Wizard, Wizard of Oz, Oz. yeah, I'm a fucking idiot. I do know that. <laughs> uh, I've done it. It's not. It's not that twice. Uh, no. no, but listen, listen. It's not that interesting. Listen, listen. No. Not that. <laughs> Have you done it? No. It's a, why would you? It's ridiculous. It's not though. It's not ridiculous. I swear to God. I, I believe that it's a. I believe that it's a cosmic coincidence. I think it's a good study into like. But you ignore all the stuff that isn't linking up, right? The, the ten minutes read. There is no correlation between the right song and right. The, there's a lunatic on the grass. He's in the yard. These are my favorite parts I, of the pod. Is when we get to the end where we're absolutely I, off the rails. I. I timed it. I've done it. I did it like two or three times when I was in college Jesus. or around college age. And <laughs> one time, I swear we timed it perfect. And so this is a thing. Walk that, me through this again. Okay. So there's this thing. It's supposedly just a coincidence. And Pink Floyd doesn't says that, you know, they didn't do it on purpose. Um, if you start Wizard of Oz and hit, yes, the second second roar of the lion and hit play on Dark Side of the Moon and watch it on mute, watch the movie on mute, the music syncs with the movie perfectly. Okay. Right. Um, 
and the lyrics sometimes. And yes, like there's a point where, like, like when Dorothy first sees the Wicked Witch of the West in Oz, they're like black, 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 and it's showing the witch, and they go and blue, blue, and there's Dorothy, just it's like perfect, and you're just like, oh my fucking you. yeah, you know, like 19 year old me on shrooms, just fucking holy shit. Um, and then like uh, I remember. Uh, I, what's that? Like one of the first couple songs, like when it's like, right? And that's like sneaking up. And when it, it's when it's still black and white, when the witch comes to their house and the gate hits her in the ass, like that first big boom, boom, boom is when the gate hits her in the ass. Oh, wow. And we're just like, oh my God, like it. it's an actual thing. It's a thing. There's a guy in a side. class. The if there's a college professor. The dark side of the rainbow. Yeah, there, there's a college professor who like was teaching it in his class. That's how it got to be like a thing. Um, I love that college professor. It just like had a night with shrooms and that. Yeah. And I was like, wait, hey, I can get paid to teach a class. <laughs> okay, I'm getting. But. <laughs> but the the thing is. But it, it's a very good like study though, like into like suggestive things and sure, you know, whatever else. Like, because I remember after doing that, one of my regular things back then was I would just be laying in my room and I had a six disc CD changer mm -hmm. and I would just play it on shuffle. There'd be six discs in there, plenty of music, right? Sure. And I'd be watching my TV on mute while the music played, which is cool. And, and, Plenty of times, whatever was playing, I could it's, see it like, so oh, nice. like it was going with the TV. So I was like, ah, it's fucking bullshit. But and the thing is, the album's not as long as the movie, right. so like it just stops eventually. Right. <laughs> yeah, when like the recording studio going, all right, hit play on the movie now. Yeah, <laughs> like the fucking movie's over and they're not even halfway through the movie. That's you really know, funny. the album's That's over. Really funny. Yeah. That's crazy. All right. Let's probably wrap up. John, what do you got coming on, uh, coming up? Well, if I, have, uh, I have some shows, and I forget where they are, in, in Minnesota this weekend, and then, uh, you know, holiday parties, and um, I do the Kyle Dunnigan show uh, Thursday nights. We have the after party. People become members of the Kyle Dunnigan uh, YouTube channel. They can watch that. All right. And um, that's about it right now. Awesome. It's a really fun, really fun show. It's the evolution of it's been well fun to watch. It was, um, I mean, you so there's no Craig's News anymore, right? Well, we did. We just did the Craig's News live last okay. Thursday, and then um, and uh, we just and we released these fresh prints of DC. We have um, we write and create fresh prints of DC, which is. Uh, on YouTube, if you go to Kyle Dunnigan's channel, you can see Fresh Press of DC. Their latest episode is Biden um, realized it tries to convince Taylor Swift to take her tour through all the swing states because it boosts the economy. <laughs> and she has she says no, so he clones her with an alien that lives in the White House. And then um, RFK is like, I is on, is on Bill Maher going, I believe that there are seven Taylor Swifts currently, and then you're trying about them in the White House. And he's like, are you crazy? Are you out of your mind? And he's like, I'm just asking questions. And then that's that's what they're, they're fun. They're fun. It's they're not. Fun. It's so fun. Like the the whole yeah, Kyle's 
<laughs> Kyle's doing a lot of cool shit, and, yeah. and John's a big part of it. So yeah. it's, it's well, fun to watch. Um, I do remember now. So the first time that Bill and I really kind of did something together was uh, he did a comedy special at, at the Funny Bone. Yeah. Uh, and rose money, raised money for yeah. the company that I was doing. It was a special and, event. It was. Yeah, it was a special event. And you were, you were in it. And I remember because then when I saw you in Triple Espresso, I kept telling my wife, Stacey, I was like, that was the guy that opened for Bill. You had another guy that was like long. No, no, no. That was a completely uh, different thing. Yeah, that was, no, yeah. All I remember from that night was is is the other guy continued to make fun of my shirt all night. Uh, oh, I'm yeah. trying to remember so, who all did that with me. It was one other guy. Was it Willie? No, <laughs> it was uh, it was a younger kid, a little bigger guy. Oh, 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 oh bigger guy? Yeah. Was he black? No. Nope. Was it No, what's <laughs> No, it wasn't. It was, uh, it could have been that guy. I forget the name of his name. Josh, okay. Yeah, I don't know. I don't Josh know. Novi? Yes. Josh. I was going to say. Nobody's, do you know Novi's been doing a movie with, with Dean, Dean Kane? Yeah. yeah, I saw that. Yeah. Crazy. All right, I told him, I remember he, he was doing churches and stuff back then. And I told him, like, dude, if you can do churches, you'll, you'll get rich. And I do remember with Josh Novi, we were in a car, and he's a Christian comic, and he goes, oh, yeah. You should do you should do Christian comedy, dude. It's great. And I go, Josh, don't you even first ask me if I'm a Christian? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I got a buddy. I got a buddy in Florida that is a preacher, and he wasn't one of he was an agent for me for a while, a lot of one nighter stuff. And I'll go stay with him. When I go down there, I had run out of t-shirts the week prior and I went down and had he got a hold of his t-shirt guy for me and I got some shirts made by this place, you know. Well, he, this is where he went through his church and stuff to get shirts made. These people were members of the church. Hilarious. And so my t-shirts... You know, says the human race is the only species that lets its idiots live a full life. <laughs> and so they're printing this t-shirt off. <laughs> and I remember talking to the guy calling me when it was done. And I go, oh, cool. So, you know, I'll come and get him to, you know, whatever. And he's like, yeah, we got a nice, uh, you know, the world needs more Christian comics, you know. And I was like, uh, well, I don't know about that. <laughs> And then he's like, oh, well, and I go, yeah, well, you know, I don't really talk about religion. And then I remember I went and picked up the shirts and the box said, Bill Blake, Christian comedian. Oh, my gosh. Dude, that would be like, take a picture of that. That's the <laughs> second book. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. That was, uh, that was pretty funny. So anyway, yeah, let's... Uh, thanks uh, thanks right. for having me, guys. Thank you. Thank you uh, for appreciate coming. It. Thanks appreciate for everybody listening. christening the bar for the yeah. podcast. Oh, yeah, this works. It's good. So it's fun. I'll have to come over and uh, invade some Sunday. And oh, definitely come. Yeah. When the bears aren't on, you can always watch the bears. There you go. That'll yeah. work. God knows nobody wants to watch that shit. <laughs> That's <laughs> why I got a bunch of TVs. <laughs> uh, thanks, everybody, for listening. We're going right. to close out. We're out. Peace.